Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I want to talk about vision uh, this morning, and um, boy, we've gone a long time. Look at that time. I, I want to talk about vision because without vision, the Bible says you perish, or another version says you dwell carelessly. You come to church carelessly. You, you live your life carelessly, meaning you just do crazy stuff. If you don't have vision for your health, you'll eat a pizza this big and expect to stay, you know, and you know, you 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 won't exercise. I mean, you 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 won't look, you won't go to the dentist. You 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 won't you you. So, for me, I I have a dream of of being able to run and and do all crazy stuff when I'm like Caleb, 84, who said to Joshua, "I'm going to take that mountain." And Joshua says, "Go for it, go for it." He's 84. He scales the mountains, overtakes the the giants and take some good prime land. He's 84, Caleb. I want to be like him, eh? Uh, I want to be like him. So I've got vision for my health. I've got vision for my family. I've got vision for my marriage. I've got vision, vision, vision. God bless you guys. This guy's an airline. Uh, he's an airline uh, pilot, and uh, he's usually in the skies flying over us from state to state, and, uh, and we do appreciate this family, the Harvick family. God bless them in Jesus' name. Um, vision, it's so important, but we had a great prayer meeting on, on Wednesday, and, and we were praying into things like this, so I, I, I want to honor the Holy Spirit, and I want to, and guys, you haven't got this, but I want to go through a couple of things that we prayed for, four things that we prayed for in the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that leads us. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live this adventurous radical life for Jesus. Otherwise, we're passive, we're normal, we're not going to change things, we're not going to change our environment even. Some people can't even change the environment of their house. I mean, but you can if you stand and say, no, there's peace in this home, there's goodwill in this home, there's joy in this home. You can do that. And then as you get to do that, then you can export it out further and bring it to church, bring that bring that dominion authority, bring that ability that you have, bring that around you so when people come close to you, you go, wow, what are you on, buddy? What are you on, Jason? You, you just must be feeding on the word and living in the presence. They're just coming near you. I just, boom, it's like a force field, boom. And then I, I come closer and then it's like, wow, this guy's awesome. So, but we gotta have eyes that are open to God. And on Wednesday, we prayed about certain things. You know, there's 650 prayers in the Bible. 650 prayers that you can pray. 650 different types of prayers in the Bible. And it's just so easy to pray. I, I think it is. And so one thing that we prayed for, and this is some things that we are praying for, just to let you know that what's being prayed over you, amen? Number one, we're praying for unity for the church. In John 17, Jesus sets the example of what it looks like to pray for the church. And, and, and he says, pray like this. And Jesus he says, may they all be one, united together. It says that in, in, in John 17, verse 20 to 23. May they all be one, together, 
in harmony, in one mind, one heart, worshiping God and combining their efforts, their talent, their treasure, their skills and pushing that out and doing great stuff for, for God. Two, we, pray, we, we, we prayed this. Number two, we prayed for God's will within the church. So if you look in Colossians 1, the Apostle Paul displays the heart for the church by praying that the people within the church be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now, this is what I'm going to preach about this morning if, uh, if I get time. And so um, the Apostle uh, Paul, he says, it goes like this in Colossians 1, 9 to 13. And so from that day we heard we have not ceased praying for you, asking that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. We're talking about vision builders. We're talking about being committed to vision builders, vision of what we believe and what we've downloaded from God to do on this planet. Well, one of the key things that God told us initially to do was start the church in 96 in a school hall. And so from a primary school hall to a high school hall, and then we crossed the river and took possession of 11 acres. We met in a tent for five years. That was okay. But there was more vision, better vision, and that was for us to be in a building. And we're in this building because of vision. Amen? Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, here's the Holy Spirit, according to his glorious might, for all, for all endurance and patience with joy. It's amazing when you've got the Holy, when you've got vision, you've got endurance and perseverance to push through against all difficulties. It can hail, it can rain, things can just be totally against you, but with vision, you push through, Amen. With joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, thank you, Lord, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. And we're so thankful for that, aren't, aren't we? Three, the third thing we prayed for on Wednesday night, we prayed for the Holy Spirit to move in the church, amen? And if you look at Ephesians 1 and 3, the Apostle Paul prays that God the Father would give the Spirit of God to the people in the church. He prays that God would strengthen us with his Holy Spirit so that Jesus, that Jesus would dwell in our hearts by the Spirit and that we would be rooted, established in love in God. That's why we just preached a whole month of love. It's so important that you understand that the smile of heaven is on you, that, that God is for you. It's unconditional. You can't do anything bad enough for him not to love you unconditionally. It's unbridled. It's impassioned. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Amen? And so it would go like this. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you in Ephesians 1, 16 to 20. Just Jot these down, you can read them later. And Paul says, I'm praying this. Paul says, this is another prayer, I pray this. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches what are what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe 
according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So that same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. You can have it or you don't, you don't have to have it. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. And he says this in another prayer. This is Apostle Paul in Ephesians. And he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with what? Power through the Holy Spirit, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith is the key that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Don't you love this stuff? And four, the fourth thing that we prayed for in our spirit-filled prayer meeting, who likes prayer meetings? I love them, man. It's the best. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul prays, and this is another prayer from the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, pray for the fruitfulness of your church. That's what Vision Builders is about. Pray, oh, they got this up, that's awesome. Pray for fruitfulness. How the heck did you get that? (laughs) Pray for (laughs) fruitfulness for the church. Someone's... Someone's been into my computer. 2 Thessalonians 1, the Apostle Paul prays for a church. Now, I think I must have sent it. That is growing in faith and love. And he's saying, I pray that they be again in love, enduring persecutions and realizing that Jesus is gonna come back one day. And he says it like this. He says it like this in 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he constantly is talking about the Holy Spirit. The word is important, but the Holy Spirit is as important, amen? So we're talking about, my preach is about I can see, and I'll just preach for a little bit as much as I can, and uh, and I because uh, I don't want to go too long, but I'll just try and make a point. The, the this is a this month is about vision builders. It's about people's eyes opening to what God has told us, what God has downloaded to us as vision. When you're saved, you got to realize that you're purposed in God to live out a vision of Him. So you, you, now you're saved. You've landed in salvation, but there is a broad land. Didn't you love that song that Jilly wrote last week? It's a broad land. It's not a tiny little land. Oh, Jason, come here, buddy. Yeah, you're saved, but look, to be honest, we're a bit cramped, and uh, we just want you to just be cooped up in there, just at Marty, <laughs> suburb of Marty. You just be, just don't be venturing out to Samaria, you know, or Judea, Jerusalem, or don't be venturing out anywhere, because look... Look, to be honest, look, we want you to get a job locally. We want you to just be local, and uh, your life just needs to be just in that little corner there. Can you handle that? Now, God doesn't say that. God says, Jason, hang on, Jason, you're saved. Praise God. This is the vision I have for you. Can you handle that? Yeah. Can you handle that? Yeah. Look, you know, and that's, that's 
what <laughs> so, and he is he's a nation's guy he's been to india he's been all over the world amen so great leaders rally people to a better future uh, great leaders don't control people great leaders rally people to their to their best best future and and that's what we've done from school halls to the tent the tent was great but there was better we're in the building thank you lord so Dale Galloway says, he says, this is a statement, people never grow or, or go beyond their vision. Tell me your vision and I will tell your future. Wow. Charles Swindle says, he's a great man of God, he says, our great need, he calls it, he says, our great need. Vision is essential for survival. It is spawned by faith, sustained by hope, sparked by imagination, strengthened by enthusiasm. It is greater than sight, deeper than a dream, broader than an idea. Vision encompasses vast vistas outside the realm of the predictable, the safe, the expected. No wonder we perish without it. Amen? I love this, Dr. Miles Munro. Who knows him? Dr. Miles Munro. He says this in my book called Principles and Power of Vision. And he says, no significant life can be lived for God, nor can any significant work be done for God unless it is grounded firmly on the reality of spiritual vision. God-given vision is what lifts Christians from the level of the ordinary and enables them to achieve great things for God. Amen? So when you look at the encounters that Abraham, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Paul, these people had full-blown encounters with God. They had an encounter with God, and it came into their spirit a revelation of vision to walk out and to do for God. Is that right? And I believe it's the same thing for us. It's certainly the same for us. So it could be said that spiritual vision was given to them in those encounters and they were set apart to live out their days to serve that vision. They sleep with it, they live with it. It, it, it contextualizes their life, in fact. And it's what they, it's what they it governs their life. They're careful with how they spend their money because they're saying, no, this this goes to the Lord. This goes to my family. This goes to some worthy cause, amen? You're not spending on your money on crazy stuff, buying new cars when you can't afford a new car, and, and, and you've you got no money for no one, even yourself. You can't even, you know, look after yourself now because you're driving around in a shiny new car and go, look at me, but your teeth are falling out of your head and, and you haven't got, you know, amen, because you can't go to the dentist or something. It's crazy. People do that. But if you've got vision, if you put the spiritual things first in your life, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will come, you will get a nice car. But if you put the new car at the top, and, and then the whole mess just sets in. So it's very important. So there's personal vision, there's corporate vision, we know that, and vision is the engine that powers your dreams. All right, we're gonna cut this right down. So when I talk about vision, the first key to understand vision, in vision is to realize that it, that it emanates from your purpose, usually your purpose to fulfill that vision. God is the author of the vision. And it is it's his nature to be purposeful in all things, especially your life. Amen? Your life is purposed in him. You're not a biological accident. You're here. He's designed you. He's the author and the finisher of your faith 
and you are purposed to live an extraordinary life. You've got to understand that. So every time God appears on the planet, it's always, and you look at this in the Bible, it's always to fulfill his purpose. And, he, and it's usually for a specific purpose. He's actively working through us, his church, to fulfill vision and purpose. If you think church is just coming along and, and, and just spectating some, uh, you know, some great preaching and, and worship, and it, it's so much more than that. It's your life being included in the greatest rescue plan on this planet to save souls from darkness to light. When you look at your money like that, what's my money represent? That represents the gift of God given to you to for redemption plans. Yes, you gotta live, you gotta pay your mortgage, you gotta do stuff like that, but then a portion of that, when you got vision, is to give to that vision of God to redeem this world. That's why we're here. You're here down here on this planet is not just to have a cute time in, in, on the world and, and get through it the best way you can and thank you Jesus, you got me through. Your life is down here included in his great plans. And he says this, in Psalm 33 verse 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. So these are plans set in heaven. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Isaiah 14, 24 says it like this, the Lord Almighty has sworn surely as I have planned, say that, surely as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so it will happen. And if you want to get into the theology, look at Ephesians chapter 1, 4 to 5, and he's predestined this even before creation, even before the earth was sent spinning. You were created to be here at this time to do God's bidding. Amen? So, vision is the source and hope of life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Helen Keller said that, didn't she? Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Civilizations were born and developed through the driving power of a visionary leader. Tradition defying force of vision. So when you look at all the developments on the planet, the social, economic, architectural, medical, scientific, political achievements, it's all being conceived from vision. Check this video out. I recorded it off my TV, excuse the quality, but let's have a look at Andrew Carnegie. He is in this uh, 1850s in America. He's one of the movers and shakers in America who's making who's allowing America to be the, the nation that it, that it became. So you've got John D. Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, huge guys with vision, and nothing could stop these guys. So you've got John D. Rockefeller who was into oil. He just, he, just capped, he just monopolized all the oil industry in America, and he became the richest man, probably ever to live, even richer than Bill Gates' standards now. JD, and he was a Bible carrying believer, by the way, JD Rockefeller. Extreme vision. Then Andrew Carnegie comes along. This is a guy from rags to riches. He's from Scotland. He was born in a little, little shack in Scotland, comes to America. He's been taken under the wing by, by someone, Scott, help me, um, 
someone, someone Scott, who is a, an entrepreneur himself, he takes this little errand boy and he sees something in him and he says, you know what, this guy's got something on his life. And so uh, Andrew Carnegie is trained up by this guy and eventually gets to a place where he can do his own business. And that business was steel. Before steel was being able to manufacture, be manufactured, he saw the possibility of what steel could do. But he's standing on the edge of this river, this Mississippi River, and it is an engineering impossibility to build this bridge. But with a guy called Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew Carnegie, he stands there and says this. Let's just check this out if we could. This is, what, this is the power of vision. No one has ever tried to use steel to build a structure this big until now. He's looking into the future. He looks across the Mississippi and he sees a bridge. And he's able to see that future and then willing to have enough confidence in his vision to put everything he's got into it. And he's willing to convince others that he knows what that future is going to be. In order to complete the bridge, Carnegie needs to find a way to make a massive amount of steel. He spent a lot of time traveling. He would go to steel mills. He would meet with chemists to figure out how do you make this steel. English inventor Henry Bessemer has created a device that cuts the time to manufacture a single steel rail from two weeks to 15 minutes. Carnegie understands the value of the new technology and begins to adapt it. Every business has some uniqueness, either unique talent, unique product, unique capacity, and the trick is to find it and capitalize on it. Awesome vision. Uh, great story, uh, Andrew Carnegie's story is, is awesome. So vision is the key to unlocking the gates of what was and what is to propelling us into the land of what could be and has not yet been. Vision sets you free from limitations of what the eyes can see and allows you to enter into the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Vision also makes suffering and disappointment bearable. I like that. All the stuff we go through, the disappointments, the setbacks, you know, even getting depressed at times, you know, with your business. All those things can be managed with vision because vision gives courage, persistence, and strength. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, 1 6, uh, Joshua 1 6 says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So when you look at the, the planet and it's, and it's how it became civilized, you can see like even the great hunter Nimrod building the first civilized city and then the Egyptian civilization, even still standing today is those pyramids 4,000 years ago. And then you've got the Roman Empire who uh, influenced and colonized the known world back then and the Ark. Uh, the agricultural world and how it developed into an industrial world. And then vi vision gave, um, I guess, people ideas to invent things that allowed us to live this modern life. Then you got vision that was given to the Wright brothers to, to fly, and vision was what 
Thomas Edison was having to invite, invent the light bulb and the desk-sized computer, Steve Jobs, thank you very much, and then Bill Gates gets a vision that everyone should have this ability to access the computers. Vision is the energy of progress. Guys, if we don't get vision on the inside of us and, and see what C3 Tugger is trying to do, we're just gonna be bystanders. We're, we're not gonna stand on the edge of this precipice here like Andrew Carnegie and say, you know, I can see what this church is trying to do. Man, yeah, this is just the stage of an 1,100-seater auditorium, and they want to push out to Africa. They want to push out to here. They want to do this and do that. But unless you open your eyes and see with your heart, not just, you know, oh, I don't see it. What are you, you know, dull, dull sort of thinking and dull eyesight. No, you want to open the eyes of your heart and see, like the Bible says in Ephesians, the incomparable power of God that comes towards you. You know, who stands in worship services like this and goes, man, God, I see you, Lord, high and lifted up. I see you, you're magnificent, I worship you. I mean, we gotta be careful that the modern church doesn't get used to putting a show on and going, oh, God must be here. Did you see those lights? God must be here. Did you see what that smoke machine is doing? Did you see what that person is wearing? God must be here. No, God must be here because you got your eyes closed and you see God, feel God. That's vision. And unless you have your eyes open to vision for your life and personally, but corporately for your church, you're gonna dwell carelessly. You're gonna dwell carelessly, meaning your life will not be included in these great plans of God on the earth, amen? You know the story of um, Walt Disney, don't you? And he was sitting in the first stage of the theme park and there was only one ride. He's sitting there and work it comes by him and the workers, and, and workers just looking at him, and because Walt's just standing, staring into space, and the worker says, okay, Mr. Disney, yeah, fine. And uh, looks at him again, because he's still staring, he said, no, you're all right, Mr. Disney? He said, yeah, I'm looking at my mountain. No mountain, and, um, but he says, I can see a mountain. And so he told his architects what he could see. The architects wrote it down. They built this mountain, Space Mountain it's called. Who's been there in Disney World? Amen. And so he died. He didn't get to see it built. He didn't get to see it being built. And so this young guy gets up onto the podium at, at the, you know, this opening of the Disney World with this mountain. And he said, isn't it a shame? We have Mrs. Walt Disney here today, but isn't it a shame that Walt wasn't here to see the mountain? And so Mrs. Walt Disney, the widow, was invited up. She said, excuse me, the young man was nice, but excuse me, I must correct him because Walt did see it. He saw it before you saw it, amen? He saw it before you, you saw it. So the, the young man was trying to be dutifully uh, kind and gracious to the widow, but the widow just got up there and said, excuse me, young, uh, young man, but you've got it wrong. He did see it, that's why it's there. I love that. So vision for your life is important. Vision for our church is important. And just to crunch it because my time is gone, I love the other one too, young college, uh, I love this sto story. A young man did a college paper in his economics class on his vision for overnight mail. Professor took a red pen, gave him a C, and wrote, do not dream of things that cannot happen. The young man left school and started Federal Express. <laughs> Scott here, wonder where the professor is today. <laughs> where there is no vision, the people perish. 
What does vision do? Number one, it's quickening. It's got this, gets this thing on the inside of you, I am called. It, it quickens you and you go, I'm called. It gives you new life, new direction, new purpose, and you can see that in all the men of God, Saul, Isaiah, Jacob, Moses, Abraham. It quickens them and they go, my God. That's why God says to him, take off your shoes, Moses, this is holy ground you're standing on. When you stand on the holy ground of your salvation and you get a download of the vision for your life, it's like then you realize, oh my God, I'm born for a purpose. I'm born for a season such as this. Number two, that vision will give you, it's motivating. It gives you this, I will and I can. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 4.19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory, amen? Number three, it's constraining. I must, I must only. They say some of the richest men, Warren Buffett says this, he says, rich people that are successful know how to say no. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not buying that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying. It's constraining when you got vision. Their life is molded and shaped by the vision. Four, it is sanctifying. I will not. I won't dwell into that. I, I, I'm not going to meddle with that. I, I'm not going to say that. People who get a vision from God get their act together. They begin to discipline their life in order to serve the God who has revealed so much of Himself to them. They no longer just live for themselves, but now want to set their lives apart for God and His service. Moses was told by God, put off your shoes from your feet for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. I love this prophecy and I think it's very true today still. Amos 8:11 says, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. What's the word of the Lord? It's the vision for their life. It's the prophecy of what that people should be doing, that nation should be doing. One key prophetic vision that's still alive right now is that Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Why? Because he wants souls saved. He wants to release the goodness of his kingdom through the world, through our community, through our street, to our neighbors. That's the strongest prophetic vision that is right now being tried to be revealed to you. What's revelation? It's the uncovering of what God is saying to you. So let's stand, God bless you. Father in heaven, right now as these precious people stand before you, let them see with eyes that see. Let them see, Lord God, how they can be included with their time, their talent, their treasure to bless your kingdom, to bless your kingdom to come on this earth. Lord, right now, I pray that it be quickening, that it be motivating, that it be constraining, and that it be sanctifying. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. I love this scripture. Let them shout for joy and be glad, 
who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Even the small things that we do, even Rahab, who the prostitute in the story of Joshua's spies and even her story is still remembered in Scripture. No matter what little thing that you can do for the kingdom, it matters. The lady that broke the alabaster jar of oil over Jesus' head and they tried to stop that lady and they said, that lady's wasting all that money. We could sell that and give it to the poor. And Jesus said, let her alone, let her go. What she's doing is a good thing. She gave her all. She gave her all to Jesus. And Jesus said, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to serve God. That's a good thing to worship me with her all. That's a good thing. So Lord God, right now, I pray that Lord, with our life that's been designed by you, purposed in you to live an extraordinary life on this planet, I pray that Lord, I would see the vision that you have for me in the days in which I live, for myself, for my family, for my church, for my community, for my nation, Lord. Lord, I step out and step into the days of understanding the worth of my life, a meaningful life, a life purposed in you. So God, right now, take the scales off my eyes. Take the scales off my eyes that I may may see you high and lifted up. Right now, if you're in the house and you're wondering why you're alive on this earth and you've never been connected to God, to Jesus through a, a prayer of salvation, I'd love to pray for you. Our time is gone, but we have a few moments to include you in a prayer, a prayer of salvation. Most of us have done that. It's a short prayer to, to acknowledge God as Lord of your life. If you want that, if you think it's your time right now, just maybe it's your friend next to you, just give them the heads up right now to that person, what's happening. In about one minute, I'm gonna say a prayer. I'm gonna include you in that prayer. If you're not sure of your salvation, it's appointed under man to die once, once only, and then the judgment. If you wanna be bound for heaven, if you wanna do God's, if you wanna make God happy and wanna live your life in the countenance of His love and you want Him to protect you and provide for you and bless you all the days of your life, why don't you say yes to Jesus this morning? Why don't you say yes to Him? Let Him lead you. He's the shepherd of your soul. He loves your soul. He loves your soul. All you need to do is take the free gift of salvation. If that's you, with eyes closed on the count of three, with eyes closed, I'd love to include you in this prayer. One, two, if your heart's beating, you feel the love of God around you, you've never done this before, maybe you did it a long time ago, but you wanna renew that, you wanna renew that, that commitment to the Lord. Maybe the enemy's been lying to you, just not sure if you're saved or not. Maybe you just need to say yes again and say, Lord, I've been living, Lord, without vision. I've been perishing without vision. I've been dwelling carelessly without vision. As of right now, Lord, I pray that I would live with vision for my life. 
If that's you on the, on the third count, one, two, and three, just lift your hand from the front to the back. Just lift your hand. I'd love to include you in this prayer. If that's you, if you're in the house and you need a prayer, I'd love to pray for you right now where you are, where you are. Don't forget, God loves you. God is for you. God is good. Let me pray for you right now. Father in heaven, I bless. I bless every soul, every heart, every single life that has been purposed in you. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless them in the power of your spirit. Men, I'm praying for you right now. And I pray that your eyes would be open to be the point men, to lead the way, to say, family, it's this way. It's this way to God. It's this way to church. It's this way to the Bible. It's this way to the Holy Spirit. It's this way to the Father. Men, I pray that you'd be given vision, supernatural vision, the eyes of your heart to be opened. Right now, the scales are falling off your eyes. Men, to stand up with authority and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right now, right now, there it is. Men are coming alive. Lift up your hands right now, men. Lift up your hands right now. I'm praying for you. The power and the authority of God is coming upon you to lead the way with vision. And you're going to be able to say, like that man on the Twin Towers who said, guys, I don't know what it is. It's this way. And, and then they, this group of people had this decision to make. Would they, would they go the easy way? Or would they actually go through this smoke and it would come out to survival? But that man had vision that if they went the hardest way, their lives would be preserved. Well, guess what happened? The people that followed that man survived through the smoke, through the hardest visual thing. But he had vision beyond the, the normal vision. He could say, there is smoke, but if we get through there, we're going to get out of this. The other person who had natural vision led, unfortunately, led the other people to their peril. So men, vision, vision right now. Ladies, lift up your hands right now. I pray that you'd have vision, 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 fresh vision, loving, nurturing vision that you would see and be able to prophesy and encourage your men your partners, the people around you, that you, you lovely ladies would be able to see the best life for people and prophesy into that in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't shut that down. Don't let the world shut your nurture of love down. Don't let the world shut you down. You've got a gift to nurture and love and see great stuff around people. And church, I pray this that you would have vision for your church and realize the very existence, the reason of the very existence of that church and the saints say. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.